Good to see everybody, uh, especially after such a great weekend. How many made it to Freshman Connect? Wow. The students did such a good job. Let's give the students another hand for all their work. So good, so good, so good. I mean, that was an awesome. Of all the ones we've done over the past years, that, that topped everything. So if you missed it, it's okay. You can find out what it was about. I think some of it may be on audio. And So tonight, we're going to continue our fellowship. If you want to flip your chair around to be more comfortable, I'll be standing in this area. And I like to see your face rather than the back of your head, but it's up to you. Uh, we'll have a little fellowship tonight um, on a topic that uh, is really important in the Bible. Uh, we, uh, we love this book. This is a holy Bible. It uh, reveals a holy person, Jesus Christ. And that's the one we're getting to know. That's the person at UT you want to build up the top relationship with. Here at UT, he's present. He's with us. You just can't physically see him or hear him because he's spirit. But he's just as real as he was when he was here in the flesh. And you can also... Let him in. I heard some prayed to receive the Lord during Freshman Connect and even afterward. That means you have another life. Praise the Lord for another life. Let's all say that. Praise the Lord for another life. Another person has come into you, and then some of you even got baptized. 19, or any of the ones that got baptized here, and I like to see your faces. If you're baptized this weekend into the Father, and into the Son, and into the Holy Spirit, you were put into Him. Why don't you stand up? I'd like to see all the newly baptized ones. That's very good. So good. Don't you feel fresh and energized? Hasn't your week been different? Because that breaks Satan's grasp. He'll still come around and bother you, tempt you, He's still very active on the other side, the back, other side of the cross, but we've passed through that, and now you're in Christ. He'll still ding you a little bit, but you can always point back to that Saturday, and that was the day that you were baptized into Christ, and he lost his grasp. So, so good to have you on the other side. So it's real important in our Christian journey to, first of all, receive this other life, the life of Jesus Christ, and then have the experience. I remember when I was your age and I got baptized, it was such, I'm still, still fresh to me, that, that glorious day when uh, Satan lost his grasp and the Lord just embraced me, and I'm just so thankful for that day. So if you haven't gotten baptized, you were baptized as an infant like I was, and uh, your parents had that, made, made that decision for you, still, you know, you can pray about it, consider and fellowship. Uh, so tonight we're not on that. We're on a topic that is similar. Uh, it's a topic called consecration. And it's actually um, a good topic for college level. It's a little bit more advanced than uh, what we covered about regeneration uh, and baptism. Because this has to do with uh, going on with the Lord, with getting to know this person, this wonderful person, Jesus Christ, uh, more intimately and cooperating with him. So everybody should have an outline, right? You got it? So there's two sides. Uh, we'll save a little time for groups at the end to group up and read a little bit about it. And we'll spend a little time uh, at uh, 
well now, talking about the side that has some verses on it. So let's all read the very long title of this message. You can never forget it. It's so long and lengthy, but I think you can grasp it all together. Consecration. Yeah, so we're going to be visiting this topic, which is there in the Old Testament. It's there in the New Testament. And it's about God's people and his purpose. So God created us. God created us with a purpose. He didn't just randomly create us for no purpose, just so we could be here on earth enjoying all uh, the things we do enjoy. That's not the purpose. He has a specific purpose. Furthermore, you, as his top creation, he saved you. He came into you. That's also for his purpose. That's that you could contain his son, Jesus Christ, and that life, which you got when you prayed to receive Christ, and that life could be expressed out of you, his son, Jesus Christ, who is so pleasing to the Father, could be reproduced and lived out from you so the Father would have many sons and daughters that are expressing him and entering into his glory. That is a wonderful purpose, and that's why you were created, saved, uh, going on in the Lord, and that's what consecration is about, how to further that process of coming into God's purpose. Aren't you happy that you, at such a young age, have this realization about human life and where you are on this campus? You are in Christ, and you are growing in Christ. So let's visit this topic. Let's read the lead verse there. It's in Psalm. Actually, it should be singular Psalm. It's just one Psalm, so you can strike the S. It's Psalm 110.3, and let's all read it together. Your Very good. Maybe you've never heard this verse. Your people will offer. So you can circle the word offer. We're talking about something of an offering when we talk about consecration. Themselves willingly. This is voluntarily. Your people will offer themselves, not by force, not by coercion, but willingly in the day of your warfare. Your meaning Christ. Warfare. So Christ is busy working out his plan, God's plan, to bring his kingdom to this earth. It is an all-out warfare. It's a slugfest. If you read the Gospel of Matthew, which I hope you're reading, you can see rejection by his own people, his own siblings, and the Pharisees. He's just, he's just entering into Satan's kingdom and bringing in God's kingdom. So he is in the day of warfare. So this is the context that we offer ourselves willingly in the day of your warfare as coming Christ moving, which he's doing not just 2,000 years ago, but today on your campus, in your life, Christ is moving forward. There is spiritual warfare happening. And it's very real. It's just not something you pick up in the physical realm. Uh, and comma, in the splendor of their consecration. So you can underline splendor. Splendor, in the splendor, in the glory. Uh, splendor in the beauty. It's like an adornment. Uh, this consecration, the splendor, consecration 
is an adornment. It's a beautifying of God's people. The consecrated ones are beautiful. These ones that willingly offer themselves in the day of Christ's warfare are so beautiful and splendor and they're adorned, they're an adornment to Christ. So that's precious to him. He considers these very precious because they are offered in the splendor of their consecration. Their consecration is a splendor. It's splendid. It's glorious. It's beautiful. It's an, it's an adorning. So you can see what it means to the Lord. And your young, young. Anybody in here young? It's not talking about this old man. It's talking about you and you. Your young men will be to you like the dew. These consecrated ones who are consecrated in the splendor of their consecration will be to Christ like the dew from the womb of the dawn. And if you've ever been out on a morning when this dawning and there's this very soft, gentle dew, dew on the uh, ground, it's a watering. So try to wrap your brain around this one. Christ and his carrying out his plan needs young men and women to be watering him. He likes to take a drink from you. He is, you're not just the only one thirsty and drinking. Christ is drinking. Nathan, when you got baptized this weekend, brother, Christ took a big gulp. <laughs> he just drank this young man offering himself. It was splendid. It was splendor. You're being beautified, and Christ just <laughs> lapped up. No kidding. That's what this verse says. You'll be like the dew. Dew is for watering. So Christ and his pressing forth in his warfare, there are the ones that are watering our Christ. They are so pleasant to him, so satisfying. That's what a consecrated one is to him. To the world, it's a loser, a waste. You have wasted your life, buddy. Paul Bixby, you're a PhD. Sophia, you married a PhD from UT. What'd you do with your PhD, Mr. Dr. Bixby? The Lord led you to serve him full time. Loser! <laughs> I hope you'll tell your story one day, Paul, about your professor that time. And the Lord was just, the Lord just, ah, oh, yum. So satisfied. Okay, so that's the key verse I want you to catch. Now, we're just going to look at this briefly. It's a, we just got to move through it. Uh, have a little time to fellowship a little bit more, read a little bit more. Uh, it's just a very brief outline. Uh, so there's a basis uh, for God's wanting us to consecrate, and He has a basis. There is a. Uh, a foundation, and what is that? God's what? Purchase. Purchase. I paid for my Bible right here. I purchased it with 
U.S. dollars. I own it. It's mine. You were purchased, EJ. You were bought, bro. <laughs> Someone paid a very high price, a very precious life, a very precious person, someone that loves you to the uttermost, paid the highest price to purchase you. Realize that? Someone purchased you to deliver you from the real loser life, a life that's Christless in eternity, a life of real misery and suffering, a life full of sin and death. He, he purchased us. And so you have this verse in Corinthians. Let's go ahead and read it all together. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. A, that's just the first part of 20. Let's go. He's talking to some believers in Corinth. He's writing to Christians. Do you not know? Do you not know that you are not your own? You don't own, you don't own yourself. For you were, you've been bought with a price. So the basis for God to ask us to consecrate is he owns us. Are you happy about that? I'm very happy about that. Since I have realized who my owner is, my life has gone nothing but up. Because um, we don't own ourselves. Somebody that's a better, much wiser, better manager, knows a lot more, he is looking after us. Okay, so that's the basis, God's purchase. So he has right. Okay, then there's a motive. And that motive, what motivated this purchase? What motivated a person to pay the full price for you? What was the motive, Holly? God's love. God's love. God's love. Far deeper than the human love. Uh, and so this is what motivated, and so you can see this in the verse, and also in Corinthians, but the second book. Let's go ahead and read this. Okay, the love of Christ constrains us. Got to line that. No longer live themselves, but to him who died for them and has been raised. So you see here the motive to draw us to consecrate ourselves is what? God's love. So with consecration, although he rightfully owns us, he will not force you to consecrate yourself. He's a gentleman. He's not Saddam Hussein who orders brutally and ruthlessly, you will follow me or you will be executed. No. This is a gentleman of gentlemen. He is the very proper person. And he paid the price. 
and he's very attractive, but he won't force you to follow him. So how does he How does he uh, lead us to follow him? What motivates? Motivating for consecration. What motivates our heart is God's love, to realize his love and how does this appear? How do you know? So I'm going to bring you back to Mark real quick. Uh, this is in the gospel you read after Matthew in the last chapter is in his victory. And this is after he has risen from the dead. He was crucified, buried for three days, rose from the dead. Now after he'd risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary, the Magdalene, from whom he'd cast out seven demons. So he appears. His love is expressed through his appearing. How do you know he loved you? He left the glory of the Father above and became incarnated and appeared. He appeared to many men and women. It's all recorded here. And he appears to us. And that appearing of Jesus Christ is what draws us to him. If he hasn't appeared to you, if you haven't beheld his glory, beheld his person, and seen something, then it's hard to willingly give yourself. So practically, how is he going to lead us to consecrate ourselves? Every morning. This was after he had risen early on the first day. This was in the morning. Mary came early in the morning. So if you want to get the Lord's appearing, to rise up a little before class, just five minutes, and come to the Lord in the Word and ask, Lord, appear to me. Draw me today. So we have a fresh start every morning. You can reset the reset button, guaranteed, 24. And then you can start the day with the Lord appearing by this opening, Lord, uh, starting this day, I'm tired, I didn't get enough sleep, I'm behind. Whatever you need to tell the Lord, just come to me. And the best way is to come to his word because that's where his speaking is and he can appear to you in the morning. Then a few verses later, now after these things, he appeared in a different form to two of them as they were walking on their way in to class into the countryside. So now, Nathan, here you are with uh, Hudson. You two are just walking down Speedway Mall, and you're going to class. And after these things, he appeared in a different form to two of them as they were walking on the campus to their class. So when you get with another, in the morning, you may be by yourself with just the Lord, your beloved. Oh, Lord. But then... During the day, you're with your companion. And when you're with two or three are gathered in my name, there, what? Finish the verse. There am I in your midst. So another appearing may occur when you're together, 
right? The Lord appear to you at Fresh the Connect? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he, drew, he drew you through those waters. Then you go a few more verses. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 as they were reclining at table. That's in the evening. So if you get all your studying done, you can sit down. Then in the evening, you can gather with the sisters, with the brothers around the table. And guess who's going to show up? Jesus. Jesus. So morning, noon, or night, he's able to appear. And as you, he appears to you, then he charms us because he is so excellent. Right? You have to get to know him. Right? Okay. So, uh, again, he's not going to force himself, force you to consecrate, to offer yourself, but he has drawn so many uh, through his appearing. So it doesn't help a lot to talk to you about consecration. I'm not here to tell you to consecrate yourself. You may think that's the purpose of the message. Nope. Just, just let him appear to you. Just let him appear to you. Just get a few, just get a little kiss from your beloved. You know, the marriage of the Lamb has come. That's, a, that's actually a verse we sang, 19.7, Revelation. A wedding's coming, our beloved. So just behold, just, just, to, just get a glimpse or two of your beloved, and your heart will I'll follow you, right? So he requires our consent. Even though he owns us, he... So there's a case told by a, a well-known Bible scholar in the last century. And um, uh, he mentioned this case where a, a young uh, black girl uh, was being auctioned as a slave. Terrible. And so this young girl... She was there, and there were some men bidding, and it came down to two men that were competing to own her. And she could see in their eyes that only evil was going to, either way, no matter which one of them outbid, she realized, my life is going to be misery. She was grieved, she was saddened, she was weeping because she realized these, one of these two evil men are going to own me and then I'm their property and they can do with me what they want. So as the bidding was going on, a third bidder entered the bidding and he outbid these other two. So you two are the evil ones. I'm a young girl and your intent is only evil and then in comes another bidder and he outbids and then he becomes the owner so she's there still uncertain about her future and the owner orders a blacksmith to come and release her chains. So the blacksmith comes, 
So you, you be the Lord here. You get a blacksmith, okay, and you unchain me, you order a chain, and then I'm here. <laughs> you didn't actually do it, okay, but you're the Lord, and then you, you walk away. <laughs> so before he walks, he says, I purchased you to free you. I purchased you to free you. And so the girl is stunned. She's bewildered. For two minutes, she sits there going, what just happened? And you know what she does? She runs after this one and says, I will serve you all my life. If you're this kind of person, I want to serve you all my life. I'm yours. So she went from a condition of frust grief and a life of horrid outcome to I want to serve you. If this is the kind of person you are, I'm yours. He won't force you. He'll appear to you and draw you because of his love for you. True story. You believe it? Some of you have experienced it. Okay, the meaning to be a sacrifice. And that's a short verse in Romans 12.1. Middle of the verse. Let's read it. So the meaning is to offer. Uh, the word actually means to have your hands full, to consecrate. So now your hands are full of Christ. So you've been sacrificed. As the reading shows, you've been separated for His purpose to... Uh, have your hands full of the things of the Lord. And then the purpose, uh, let's read that, to work for God. In the verse, So the purpose is to work for God. He needs some to carry out. On this campus, he wants to carry out his plan. He needs ones that would consecrate themselves for his purpose. Most people here are only here for their GPA, their future income, their future spouse, and setting themselves up. That's okay. But he needs some who are here primarily to meet not their own need or their own purpose, but his purpose. And he moves among the college-age students. That's one of his favorite times of a person's life to catch, <coughs> to appear to them. So let's read this verse. We are, we are his masterpiece created in, good, in Christ Jesus for good works. So catch a point real quick on this one. It's often missed when this topic is discussed because we want to be full of good works, which we should be doing, but... 
He has to work in you first. You can only do His good works by having Him work those out. So we don't want to skip the step and think, okay, now I'm just going to go and do some good works for my Savior. I love Him. No. He wants to work Himself into you so what comes out of you are actually His works, not your works, but His works. I think the reading will say a little bit more about that, so just be cautious about that. And then finally we'll wrap up and give you some time with number five. Let's read it. Practicality. Okay, so let's read both these verses. Go. Okay, like we already mentioned earlier, uh, in the morning when you get up, they gave, give, they, they gave themselves first to the Lord. Every day we can give ourselves first. Spend a little bit of time. Uh, if you need some help in that area, then talk to your companion. Sometimes we get together and have a little morning time together. And then you have, <clears throat> I think, uh, some of you are in community groups. It means you have some companions. And that means you have some running along with you. I hope all of you are in the New Testament reading challenge and even the Old Testament. We have, we've been giving a schedule and that's where the Lord's going to appear to you if you have someone helping you read and you're reading through. And then there's a lot of other community life, community group activities. So uh, presenting yourself to be joined with others. Uh, practicalities to give ourselves. The practicality of consecration is to to give ourselves to the Lord. And that will be a big drink to him, right? Okay, that's good for now. Left you some time to group up. So you can read the, uh, just group up with those around you and fellowship a little bit in your group. Maybe even pray a little bit. And then we'll give you some time to overflow. Maybe give you seven, 10 minutes. And then if you want to share with all of us something you've enjoyed, then we'll give you some time.